0: You're listening to the Jay's Journal podcast. I'm your host, Ari Shapiro, and on tonight's roundtable, I've decided to exclusively dedicate it to Jose Bautista. And of course, that makes sense, naturally, especially having been on the radio recently on the Fan 590 to speak with Roger Lejoie about the moment that we all realized an era had ended, the passing, if you will, of the torch from a legendary player to new leaders the Marcus Stroman, the Roberto Asunas, the Devin Travises, and Aaron Sanchez's of the world. Let's now pick up the ashes of what was an extraordinary legacy left by one Jose Bautista. As I mentioned to many of the listeners on the air, and I will to my listening audience on this show, his was a fairy tale career with so many components that even though it had that bittersweet ending on Sunday, we can all look back with great fondness and say that this was a game-changer when it came to the hopes of this franchise. Don't fool yourself, folks. The Blue Jays were very bad for a very long time and were unable to keep the players they needed to help bring the fans to the park. Jose Batista changed that. He showed up, took the bull by the horns in 2010, never looked back, six All-Star game appearances, four top 10 MVP finishes, over 1,000 OPS one year, and... Don't forget, he was also, for a very short time, a very small sliver of time, a plus defender. Don't forget that. He did a lot of great things and needs to be respected and honored for them as such. I found it to be a little bit muted. I would have liked a greater send-off for someone who made the kind of impact that he was able to do for this franchise. But only time will tell as the shock eventually starts wearing off of knowing that times change, people change. And players come and go. And now it's time for this generation to embrace whatever the future holds in store. And by all accounts, from what you're hearing here on the Jays Journal podcast, it's a bright one. We need to stay positive. And with me, to help commiserate over the reality that was the Jose Bautista fond farewell Sunday afternoon tilt against the New York Yankees, our Kirsten McKernan of Jays Journal, writer and contributor, excellent, excellent member of our staff, Dow of Steve, a celebrated blogger and contributor with Rogers Sportsnet, and a great friend of the show, clinical and sports psychologist Dr. Christina Real, is here for us to discuss Jose Bautista, the man, the myth, the legend. I'm going to start with you, Christina. This was an emotional, emotional weekend, to say the least. I was uh, asked to go on the radio on the Roger LeJois show here in Toronto on the Sports uh, Sportsnet Fan 590. And needless to say, I found myself slightly inebriated. The reason being, it was, it was a very emotional experience for myself personally to get through. I couldn't believe at the end how much emotion there really was. How much of it was generated by the media and by the expectation of the stay, and how much of it do you think really just came from the fact that Jose Bautista is a generational player for, for this whole era of millennials to follow?
1: You know, I think that when a franchise legend kind of rallies the fans is a fan favorite this can be such an emotional experience because it's like letting go of you know letting go of a legend and and it's very difficult to kind of bring it all together um and kind of think about the emotional experience that a fan would have when this all happens it's it's he had a perfect send-off and that was kind of the all you can really ask for media probably created a little bit of that. <laughs> um, but I think that really, um being that he's likely played his last home game as a member of the Blue Jays, it just it it's gotta it's gotta really strike a nerve in, in a lot of in a lot yeah. of fans and it can be really difficult to see someone that you that you love and, and that you're a fan of leave. Um and it's 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 a it's an emotional heart hitter.
2: Yeah, I I think that there there's definitely a personal aspect to this as well. You know, it's it's more than about the the player or the team, but you know, I think one of the things about being the fan of a team is that you tend to outlast most of the players uh who are on the roster for any amount of time. And so, you know, uh, we've over the years said goodbye to, you know, uh, said goodbye to Jimmy Key. I think I remember in 1992 during the world series, that one was uh, sort of a suddenly emotional one. Um, We've said goodbye to Tony Fernandez about four times. So, uh, but, uh, (laughs) uh, and, and Delgado and Halliday. I, I remember that was really something, but, part of what this is too, is this sort of, it's this moment, I think where people realize that, Oh, things are about to change, you know, and it's in that same way that say like the last day of school, people get kind of incredibly weepy and, 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 you know, look around and realize that, Oh my God, this is not going to be my life anymore going forward. And that, you know, Jose Bautista over the last uh, 10 years became really a, a, a part of our life, and the more passionate a fan you are, the more integrated um, he and his persona and his attitude became a uh, part of your life. So I, I, I think uh, it's definitely something where um, understanding that, you know, people uh, are, are going to remember the good times, but also there's a, there, that sadness I think goes beyond simply a matter of uh, there's a baseball player who's going to be wearing different pajamas next year.
1: Yeah, you know, I mm-hmm. being that you just said that, I, I feel like there's when when somebody who is so important to a franchise leaves that franchise, it actually also opens up such an opportunity for someone to step in and um, fill those shoes. Uh, not that they're going to be the same player uh, as as he was, but but become that that franchise man, but and and become someone the fran- that the fans attach to. And and the emotional exit really kind of paves the way for someone else to step up and step in.
2: And that's why I think yesterday I, I made uh, uh, made the point in a tweet of saying how appropriate I thought it was that uh, Marcus Stroman was the one who was pitching that game yesterday. You know, both mm-hmm. because of his connection to Batista and him saying the previous week that uh, you know, he considers uh, Batista his best friend, not just you know his best friend on the team or a guy he's close to, but his best friend. And but you know, beyond that, I think in terms of someone who has that sort of magnetism, that uh, that that um, sort of defiant character, uh, I, I think that Strowman is well lined up to be uh, the person that uh, that. Uh, defines the identity of the next Blue Jays, uh, the next great Blue Jays team.
3: I uh, I definitely have to agree uh, with that point about Stroman stepping up, um, especially because if you look at yesterday's game when he was warming up, he was wearing the old Jose Bautista mm-hmm. yeah. jersey, which right there, as you said, he, he likes um, – Stroman is, is outgoing. He likes to talk. And the fact that he was saying all these positive things about Bautista, but at the same time, he was showing it too, you know, it wasn't just all talk. He was wearing the jersey. The fact that when they went on the field, um, I was reading uh, how it was Strowman who decided, you know, what, let Jose just take the lead, let him go on and then everyone else, let all the the teammates follow behind him, let Mm -hmm. him get that acknowledgement from the fans. So showing that too, you know, um, I definitely agree that uh, there's going to be big shoes to fill, but um, Stroman is well on his way of I I think as well filling that that role.
1: You know, we've talked in a lot of these podcasts about filling roles and and um, just the kind of air of change that is surrounding. Um, the blue jays right now looking to um you know their their farm leagues to pull up some some really important players and and i think that it's almost fitting that that uh, that he would be leaving right now when the focus really is around these young players who are coming up through the minors and um and kind of filling in those those positions so um i kind of like where they're going um Mm-hmm. in this regard and having people come up and fill fill those, those really um, important positions.
0: There's no question that in many regards it was a, a true end of an era for, for what has been a culture shift. And I spoke about that yesterday to some degree, that we've never really had an athlete of Jose Bautista's stature essentially end his career have his best years, and eventually wind down with the same team. I mean, if you think back to the history of this city, when it comes to baseball, when it comes to hockey, when it comes to basketball, usually players who achieve what Jose Bautista was able to accomplish in that eight-year span where he finished four times in the top ten in MVP and six All-Star Game appearances, that's not an above-average player. That is a top player in the game itself. So I'm wondering, Kirsten, Is this an example where the organization says to itself, we theoretically could bring you back, but now we've decided this is a a, a passing of the torch, a changing of the guard? Do you feel that that's essentially what we witnessed?
3: Um, That's a great question. And uh, I personally think that um, if we go over some articles from last year, or in the news online, um, Shapiro and uh, Adkins made it clear that they wanted this year, this season, 2017, to be predominantly with younger players, with youth. Um, And I believe that they had to sign Jose after the complete mess with Edwin um, Mm -hmm. when he went to Cleveland. And um, the fans wanted, they wanted to see Jose back this year. It was very important uh, to the team, to the city, to the country. And I believe the Jays did uh, did right in regards to re-signing Jose for this past season. Moving forward, looking at 2017, um, I feel that the Jays have completely moved uh, to a, a different dimension. Um, they are going to focus more on the young talent. Um, they want to look into bringing up um, players. Uh, we're looking into this month and seeing some great players step up in the outfield. Um, Especially uh, tiasco Hernandez mm-hmm. absolutely has been great since coming over from Houston last year, or sorry this year um, mm-hmm. and he, someone like that, I do believe they're looking into um, they've they're looking into as well I mean filling left field, but right now um, I believe that moving down the road it's going to be focusing on the youth uh, the young bats um, Things like that, not so much guys who are going to be 37 in a few months. Uh, They tried that this year. Unfortunately, as much as Jose is a great fan favorite in Toronto, he had pretty disappointing numbers. And I think the front office recognizes that, and they believe, you know what, we did something for Toronto, we did something for the team and to the fans. Now it's time to have, uh, sorry, now it's time to turn the page move forward and look at the young talent developing um, the minor league teams, the system, the farm system, and moving forward from there.
0: I guess you can say in many respects, Dow, that the the writing was on the wall in terms of how this organization looked at these players that were regressing. There's no doubt if Jose Bautista has an average year by his standards, we're probably not talking about his final bolt fired with this team. Do you feel in some ways that it's almost like the organization has gently nudged him halfway out the door? I mean, I got the impression that he almost looked discombobulated with his interview with Hazel May, as if to say, wow, the assumption's already been made. This is going to be my last appearance here at the Rogers Center in my playing career. Is that fair?
2: Yeah, I mean, you have to... I, I don't blame uh, Batista for for taking the approach of well, you know, like look, I still have a, mm-hmm. I still have an option, and even in that closing interview with Hazel, I think was kind of uh, alluding to that on some level, even if you know the the head uh, the head knew um, and the heart wouldn't admit, uh, but uh, uh, you know, it, it's it's a rough way to go. I mean, I think that um but you know i mean the the performance just hasn't been there for him i think that this has been kind of two years of uh of him maybe not being able to to either physically or mentally adjust to the way that he was being pitched and and uh you know uh, so I mean, it, it, it's tough. Like I, I'm sure it's it's really tough for a guy like him to come off of what might just be, you know, the uh, the 20 percent or the 20 percentile season, and maybe he does have another one or two years left, you know, in Tampa or 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 Oakland or wherever he goes and fits in. And you know, I, in some ways, I'm rooting for him to come back and have a meaningful season for for someone next year. But it's it's a rough way to go. And in some ways, I I wrote something at the beginning of this year, which was saying that uh, this might have been a way for Batista to have a more appropriate send-off from the franchise. Um, I I kind of have regretted that uh, article more and more with Mm -hmm. each passing week um but you know uh, it and it, it's you can't blame the you can't blame the front office for maybe uh, hinting that and maybe putting it out there to the reporters if not on the record then just on background and so that is pretty clear that that was the case but still um it's, it's it's kind of a rough way to go even if fans did get to have that moment with him and get to show him their appreciation yesterday
1: yeah you know I think that there's a there's it's always difficult when an organization decides to let go a fan favorite like you saw um in the off season the um phoenix coyotes let go their captain Shane Doan. Mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. it's you know it it just becomes um like a he didn't have the opportunity to skate his last game and and it w- happened in the off season you know he had a a sort of a send off but um you know, at least Bautista got to have that moment, and and I think perhaps it was a a good thing that the writing was kind of on the wall because the fans got to kind of process what it's going to be like to not have him back next year, and got to show their appreciation, got to have kind of that um, that last hurrah, if you'll if you'll you know leave me that it it it's. Yeah. It's kind of a nice mm-hmm. thing that they were able to do that, um, but it's, it's always tough, I think, for an organization to let go a guy that has really rallied the troops. And, um, and, and ta- any time they do that, you can come into some kind of a little bit of backlash from that. So I'm interested to see kind of what, um, what happens with that for the Blue Jays.
0: It almost seems like the baseball gods are very, very cruel for a player who had so many fairy tale moments in his career. I mean, if you read about his, his adventures as a journeyman in the Pittsburgh system, and then, you know, ends up being traded for the proverbial player to be named later, who is a great answer mm-hmm. to a trivia question in Robinson Diaz. And then mm-hmm. it, you get to a point where you say to yourself, Cito Gaston took him under his wing, gave him the tools necessary to become one of the best hitters in the league. Knowing that it's a conditional... Um, departure not one that was necessarily hastened by a front office that doesn't like the player but is essentially looking at him and saying you're a true living legend you're just one that really we don't want to keep moving forward with in a nutshell is there something profoundly sad in the fairy tale ending that never came to be and do we look at maybe the moment when he was standing um, on the on-deck circle with Josh Donaldson in Game 6 with an opportunity to hit that home run in the Kansas City as maybe the last window he'll ever have unless, is, as we mentioned earlier, he catches up, catches on with the competitive team.
3: Well, it, it definitely is, is a completely a, a sad moment. Um, I think in sports, as in anything, movies, media, you always want to go out when you're doing very well. Um, you know, you don't want to leave kind of with your tail between your legs and, and having a disappointing season. And I know that in an ideal world, Jose never, never wanted to, to finish his career, if indeed it is, with a, a really high strikeout rate, um, with his low average. Uh, and it, it is unfortunate at uh, that if he is going to be um, ending with Toronto, that it comes to that. But at the same time, um, it's also the baseball world. It's the sports world. At the end of the day, you get paid to be great. That's where mm-hmm. the big bucks come in. That is when you're hitting those high averages, the 54 home runs that you did in 2010, things like that. Um, it's almost bittersweet. And if we look at the bigger picture of Jose, the moments that stand out for me are those significant moments that you list, that game six in in, uh, Kansas City uh, when he tied the game Um, 2015 with the three-run home run in the seventh inning. Those are the moments that will define him. Um, Him striking out yesterday uh, for his potential last time in Toronto. Um, It was unfortunate but in a couple of weeks from now i don't think fans are going to remember those moments they're going to remember the big impactful huge events that stuck with toronto and with the team and the fans
1: i think it's important to remember that the totality of his career is not defined in one moment just like anybody's career is not defined in one moment you know you you have the a player who 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 had a, an incredible career and um to define that by the way it ended would be doing him a complete disservice
3: mm-hmm.
1: um and i think that that fans are are going to take a few weeks yeah to to probably process this whole thing and and you know give a moment to his his you know last games with the blue jays but that's not going to be the things that are going to, um, you know, come out years down the line when you're talking about them over, over, a, over a beer. You know, uh, the things mm-hmm. that are going to come out are, are, are those big moments like you talked about. And, you know, when you when you think about legends and you think about individuals who just um, had incredible careers, someone that I'm thinking about right off the bat who lost his contract this year as well is Yaramir Yager. And yeah. are you going to remember Yager for the way that he mm-hmm. ended his career or, or – possibly ended his career um basically begging for a team to pick him up or are you gonna remember the the glory days and really it's the same thing with Batista it's it's mm-hmm. you're gonna remember the glory days you're gonna remember the home runs uh, it's this is a blip on the radar mm-hmm. I think it says
2: uh, yeah I think it says something for uh how how much uh blue Jays fans did have genuine affection for Batista that uh, for a guy who is kind of a, a prickly, uh, somewhat unlovable uh, guy in some ways, <laughs> um, for him to have a, a season where he's been uh, below replacement level uh, at near the Mendoza line for most of the year with his batting average, although mm-hmm. still with a better on-base percentage than either Kendrys Morales or Kevin Pillar, I would add, but. Um, but you know a guy who's really had sort of a legendarily bad uh season and the sort of guy that because of the nature of his uh of his personality might have been easy for fans to turn on and yet it seems like uh that Batista had been cut I think a fair bit of slack this year um and Mm -hmm. and you know, especially as people started to recognize the fact that this wasn't going to be the Jays' year and this wasn't going to be his year. And maybe this was going to be it. So, uh, you know, and considering, considering the nature of, of Toronto and Canadian sports fans, um, I, I, it is, I think a little bit heartening, a little bit surprising to see the, that approach that people have had, as opposed to the sort of, uh, uh, knee jerk, snarky, um, uh, revel in someone's uh, failures
0: uh, that you you know have seen in the past for certain players. It makes you wonder psychologically, and no surprise that I'm going to direct this question at you, Christina, first and foremost. I heard
1: my buzzword.
0: <laughs> help me precisely. Help me. I might even add. I might do a post-edit sound effect when I actually say it to help emphasize it for those listening. <laughs> and what I'm curious about is, as we've already alluded to kind of like the elephant in the room, maybe walking on eggshells. I'm going to open it up bluntly and candidly. We can't be too delicate here. Why? Because the fact remains that Jose Bautista hurt himself more than anyone else probably could in a baseball career. Why? Because of his chip on his shoulder, because of his indignant approach with the media, because we had many examples throughout the course of his time with the Blue Jays of him basically being incredibly defensive, whether it came to on-field play against opposing coaches, opposing players, whether it was his indignance towards the team's inability to necessarily get the right personnel in order to go for stretch runs. We heard it, if you recall, in 2013 and 2014 again for Alex. Mm -hmm. I think Jose had Alex spinning in all sorts of directions. And finally, in 2015, something actually happened. But when you consider, Christina, that it also led to him being punched out in the proverbial punch hurt around the world, which unfortunately will probably stick with him many years into the future as much as the bat flip will. How much did Jose Bautista fail to endear himself properly with the fans that may have led to a David Ortiz style send off?
1: I mean, you know, I think every player has their quirks, we'll say. Um, and, and I think he was a little rough around the edges. You know, this was this was a guy, you know,
3: who who
1: wasn't kind of the people pleaser that sometimes you might see with, with other players. And I think that's okay. You know, uh, a little rough, a little graph. Uh, but, you know, I, I think that he, for somebody who was that way, like we like just said before, to be able to garner the kind of support that he did yesterday mm. really speaks to the fact that he mm-hmm. was endearing that no matter what the guy did there was something about him yeah. a quality about him that was mm-hmm. just unspeakable and i mm-hmm. think that you find that a lot in sports where there's it's like god that guy acts like you wouldn't believe but i love him he's great and and that's the unspeakable quality that someone brings to the table when they know how to play the game and and they're they're kind of a needle in a haystack and maybe maybe him not being that media pleaser, people pleaser, was actually what made fans like him a little bit. And maybe mm-hmm. that was part of why they, you know, um, felt attached to him. And, and, and yeah. because it, it was almost as though, oh, hey, this guy's a little bit different than everybody else. Yeah. and it And it's almost that quality that makes you, Want to listen to what he has to say, or, or listen to mm-hmm. something that he's presenting? Because it's you're always like, oh, what's he going to say this time? <laughs> and and that's kind of a great quality to have when you're when you're um, in the position that he's in. Um, but if we saw nobody um, in the stands who had that, you know, endearing um, kind of send off for him, if if you saw no sentiment, then I would say that you know all of that really did affect affect him but, but that's not what you saw and, and the fact that there's a little lump in fans' throats today
3: really kind of speaks to that I think um, definitely going with what Christina said that there, there was something about Jose that touched and resonated with a lot of fans and speaking with a lot of my friends um, and it's, it's really funny it's a general consensus that if he wasn't a Blue Jay many of us would probably hate him if he was on another team, 100%. But because he was a Blue Jay, you know, uh, every time that Darren O'Day from the Baltimore Orioles would throw behind his back, <laughs> something like that, that was awful. But then Jose would come up and either hit a home run and skip around the bases or give a look. And that really spoke to the fans. I loved it. I thought, you know what? Good for him. Like, it's, it's something that just resonated with people. It made him more human almost. Um, he did have issues with the media. Uh, you know, he, would, he <laughs> would say mean, rude things about players, about other teams. But then, and in, in my article that I, I wrote uh, just yesterday, he would, on his day off, go and do a charity event. And he necessarily wouldn't be talking about that all the time. He would be talking about baseball. So, on one hand, he was playing the game, and if things would happen, though, he wouldn't necessarily take it sitting down. He would try and go back up to bat, hit a home run, or he would give a dirty look to the umpire, or something. But that Mm. just made him more human to a lot of the fans out there, and his appeal definitely rose because of that.
2: I think that oftentimes people best attributes are just the flip side of their worst attributes and, and you know it, it just depends on which side of the coin you're looking at so mm-hmm. you know I, I don't think Jose Bautista becomes the player that he is if he doesn't have that chip on his shoulder and that sort of defiant uh, streak and, and maybe that uh, that uh, sense of, of anger uh, that was there and I think sometimes was palpable um, uh, at the same time you know, he he did have his moments where he wasn't necessarily um, a, a cuddly character, but you know, maybe that's more about us needing for people to be uh, uh, cuddly and loved, and and you know, and stage mm-hmm. managed and and whatnot. Um, the other thing, though, too, I think where uh, Batista, where that chip on his shoulder really, I think, endeared him in some ways to Toronto and to Canadian sports fans is that I think that we tend to have that chip on our shoulder when it comes to uh, our teams playing in American-centric uh, sports. Mm-hmm. And so certainly mm-hmm. in uh, in baseball and in basketball, you know, uh, we hear it with DeMar DeRozan. We feel like he doesn't get the respect he deserves. And... Uh, I'm sure that there there have been lots of blue jays that uh, over the years that we felt haven't uh, received the respect they've deserved. In some ways, Jose Bautista went out and and demanded it and uh, demanded attention. And so when we saw the way that he was portrayed in the American media, which by and large I think was really very favorable, outside of let's say Baltimore and, and Texas, um, <laughs> I think I, I think that that. To, to see somebody who is spoken of in, in uh, brilliant terms and who reflects well on the city and, uh, and you know, eventually came around to making Toronto looking like, look like one of the great baseball cities in North America. Uh, Jose Bautista played no small part in that, and I, I think uh, in some ways, I hope that Blue Jays fans keep uh, at least a little bit of that chip on their shoulder um, uh, while maybe not uh, giving themselves over to it completely.
0: Well, and certainly here we are focusing on Jose, as we should, because of the kind of day that it was. But what was interesting to me and somewhat lost in the shuffle was paying close attention to Marcus Stroman and what he's done this year. Um, We now know that he will get Cy Young Award votes because he's had a fantastic year, one that will finish with over 200 innings pitched in a season where not a single player around him could possibly stay healthy. And, you know, between all the trials and tribulations that that this pitching rotation has suffered, there's no question that this is a player who, being controllable until 2021, is definitely your leader moving forward. But Dow, I wonder... Was it a mistake to go to arbitration over four hundred and eighty five thousand dollars in the off season with a player that could potentially once he becomes controllable for his own purposes might go away and, and join another team? Is that a concern?
2: Well, I'm not sure that you that you win an awful lot of brownie points with uh with players um by not taking them to to arbitration. Uh you know, I think when players become free agents you know in in it, if they're if they're playing well then they move and if there's questions about uh, their future performance then there's a chance that you might be able to to uh, share some risk there but I mean the stakes are just too too big at this point when it comes to the salaries in in major league baseball so uh i I can't say that I necessarily uh, blame either side for uh for taking that approach, for being, uh, going the file and trial route. Um, and you know, I mean, I think that ultimately these are competitive guys. Uh, Marcus is a super competitive guy. It wouldn't surprise me to see him be a guy who comes back, who gets the, uh, the suggested ARB number from his agents and who looks at it and says, add 20%, you know, just, just because, because, because I'm worth it because I want to see if we can push this because whatever, you know? Uh, and, uh, and so I, I, think that's part of the game. I, I'm not sure that they've necessarily damaged the relationship. And um, so, uh, you know, I, I, for now, I think let's, let's hope that the next uh, three, four seasons with him uh, continue to be productive and he continues to be a, a key part of the team.
0: Let's go around the table now, starting with uh, Kirsten and then Christina and, and finally with Dow. Uh, tell our listening audience what you've been up to, what you have coming out on the horizon, and how they can find you on social media.
3: Um, okay, so I just uh, finished an article, and uh, it was published today just about um, Jose Bautista in regards to his presence off the field. Um, it's on jaysjournal.com and I'm um, also currently working on an article regarding the upcoming 2018 season for the Blue Jays and specifically what they need. Um, is it going to be right-hander, left-hander, etc. And on social media, you can find me on Twitter at KMAC and Baseball. <laughs>
1: <Good stuff. laughs> um, so um, I'm Christina Real, Dr. Christina Real. I um, am on social media at doc real. So it's at D O C R E I H L. And I am currently working in my private practice and I'm actually starting to develop some new mental skills training, um, for hockey players. So I'm excited to start rolling that out in the near future in my private practice. And, um, as always, I am excited to be a part of your, um, podcast
2: for me. Uh You know, usually you can find me uh, around Twitter, uh, usually too often, although less so than before. uh, At Dow Steve is uh, the Twitter handle. And Fridays, uh, usually sometime in the early afternoon, uh, there is a piece from me on sportsnet.ca. And aside from that, uh, I just wanted to let you know that I have been uh, trying to avoid a very loud ice cream truck, which was going to... To totally derail this podcast with its obnoxiously loud <laughs> bell music, so um,
0: <laughs>
2: so um, so I just I, I I want the credit for the heroism that I put into getting this podcast in <laughs>
0: well on
2: time and with a certain Aww. with a certain quality. The well sacrifices deserved.
0: the sacrifices that Dow makes to be on the show are extraordinary. And ones that I can totally relate to because literally when you were on the show last, we have a regular ice cream truck that comes up here in Woodbridge and I had to battle it as well. So there's a lot of commiseration, not just for what Jose Bautista meant to us, but the scourge that is Ontario ice cream trucks in residential neighborhoods. You have been listening oh, yeah. to Jay's Journal writer and contributor, Kristen McKernan. Clinical and sports psychologist Dr. Christina Real and celebrated blogger and contributor to SportsNet Dow of Steve here on the Jay's Journal Podcast Roundtable. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you for joining us.
1: Thank you. Thanks very much. much.